Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community and communities create social change. I'm David Peck and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with uh, director, actor, writer, producer, Paul Layden, and uh, we, we talk about his new film, Chick Fight. It's available uh, online. Um, not exactly sure where you can get it, but check out the website. Uh, you'll find access there. Uh, but search uh, Chick, Flight, uh, Chick, Chick Fight on all the usual suspects, and it's going to come up. It's uh, Marlon Ackerman, uh, who's brilliant in this, by the way. I mean, this is, this is a, a, a comedy um, it's probably not a film that I would normally go after to interview, uh, you know, a director or a cast or the producers for, but, but when I saw, um, the, the, the trailer, uh, you know, arrived in my inbox from, from, uh, a publicist, watched the trailer immediately and, and just had s- several laugh out loud moments. I mean, there's a performance by Alec Baldwin in this, that that's just, <laughs> it's just absolutely hysterical. And like I said, Mullen, who really does uh, carry this film in so many ways, she's funny, she's thoughtful and, uh, just, just, uh, marvelous to, to watch as this film sort of, you know, unfolds in front of you. And as, as Paul says, he's got some t- tons of great advice in this interview, by the way, for, for, um, for artists, for budding actors, for people who are writing, he, he talks about not being afraid of the blank page. And I think that's just worth the price of admission. But, but, you know, he, 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 he refers to chick fight as being a film about empowerment, female empowerment in particular, but not heavy handed. I mean, it seems to me that the, you know, this is one of those uh, films that one day somebody, you know, Paul's going to be somewhere and, and somebody's going to say, you know what, I saw chick fight and, and I know you didn't want to be heavy handed and you weren't. But you know what? There was a couple moments that were just game changers for me. And isn't it interesting? It's an interesting comment on film and, and it can be light and still have an, an impact in that, that splash and ripple. You know, the seeds are planted. And, and, I, and I think sometimes in a, in a comedy, uh, more seeds are planted than we can actually uh, imagine. He talks about, you know, not losing his soul uh, to, to, to uh, the job that he had, had sort of uh, committed to. And, 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 and I, I don't know exactly how he got from being an economist to being an actor, but, but we'll, uh, economics and law, by the way, but we'll let, uh, let him tell you that. But uh, we talk about tuna toast and baked beans, and you're going to find out why Joel Silver, one of the, you know, the, the, 
most significant producers in Hollywood in the last uh, 30, 40 years. Uh, Paul talks about that. And, and again, you know, this idea that, that uh, the blank page not scaring him. Yeah, Paul says this is, um, this is Bridesmaids meets Fight Club. So if either of those uh, films appeal to you, then you might want to check this out. But it's, uh, it, it, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot more going on here than meets the eye. So stay tuned. Coming right up, interview with Paul Layden about his, his fun new film, uh, Chick Fight. And also, uh, don't forget, davidpecklive.com for, for more information about my writing and, and, and speaking. And, and you can purchase a copy of Real Changes Incremental there. And then if you've arrived at this interview in, in a variety of different digital ways through iTunes, Spotify, one of the usual suspects, and you, you haven't heard of, of me or the interviews or face-to-face, check us out online, face-to-facelive.ca, over 540 published interviews. We're going to continue this thing for a long time. It's about conversation. It's about inspiration. And it's about planting seeds. And I just, I'm loving every minute of it. Can you tell? So check us out there. Sign up for the newsletter. Please share this with family and friends. And we'd really appreciate it if you uh, would be... um, if you'd take a couple of minutes or less, it really is less folks and leave us a review. We need the reviews. It, it just helps in a big way. We're coming up with a contest. It's happening. I'm relaunching the site in the very near future, but uh, thumbs up on YouTube, a little quick review on iTunes can make all the difference. So please do that. Uh, if you're uh, enjoying what we're, we're up to here, but don't touch the dial. Don't, I don't even know what that means anymore. And in, in this don't touch the screen is that, would that be a, a better way to, to say that, but coming right up, uh, a fun, thoughtful, interesting uh, interview with uh, Paul Layden, a uh, real generous guy, uh, in his new film, Chick Fight. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today, uh, calling from another part in the world somewhere. And, and believe it or not, we actually are face to face on Zoom. We've got Paul Layden here to talk about his new film, Chick Fight. Uh, Paul, thanks for taking the time to to hang out with me today on Face to Face. Pleasure, David. Nice to be here. So, so maybe the first question is, how do you go from, from, from acting into to writing, producing, directing? Uh, maybe, maybe that's the first question. Uh, I mean, look, at least they all live in the same universe. Right, that. yeah, that's <laughs> you know? good. Well, you can't do one without the other. Uh, none, none of them exist individually. Um, look, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was an actor for a long time. I, I went through, um, you know, I... I, I I was always a writer from even from a young age. I always loved writing and wrote lots of, um, uh, you know, short stories that got published in newspapers in Australia and this and that. And then, you know, I fell into uh, a different um, uh, um, occupation, you know, coming out of, coming out of school, you don't know re- really what you want to do. And I got enough grades to get into economics law and Monash wow. university in Melbourne. And I, I dropped out of the law part and, you know, much to my, my dad's uh, happiness, I stuck out the economics part, you know, uh, and and got through and did well and ended up at a firm called Pricewaterhouse at the time. And then I realized, what am I doing? I'm, I'm basically losing my soul. Right. And I would just spend my whole time there. Like, you know, back in those days, it was the, you know, the, like it was the 90s. And, you know, you'd have, I'd be in my cubicle and the partner would walk past and I'd have my cash flow on the screen as soon as he'd cross. Up would come a very primitive screenwriting program. So, you know, I was the worst employee ever. So I got to the point where I was like, I've got to get out of here. This is not for me. And, and um, I, I acted in a fringe um, play that like did a, very like well. A, like, a fe- like a festival? Like a festival thing. Yeah. And then, 
I was like, wait a second, this is this is good. Okay. Um, so I tried out for uh, the biggest drama school in Australia, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Art Arts, which is or NIDA. So you know, there a few a few people recognisable names came out of there, like you know Judy Davis, Jeffrey Rush, Hugo Weaving, Mel wow. Gibson. Um, the list goes on. I mean, look at the graduates from there. It's a, it's a very very Kate Blanchett. Um, it's an it's an incredible school, and you know. So you were you were in the right place. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it definitely is. If in a small industry like Australia, if you're a NIDA graduate, it, you're you've got two feet in the door pretty much straight away. So you know, I did. I worked quite you know well as an actor coming out of there, and then I got a job in New York on a on a soap, which was all of a sudden I'm living off tuna, toast, and baked beans, and now I'm living <laughs> living the life. Yeah living the life of in the early 2000s in New York. Uh, and, you know, that was like school for me being on that show. It was, you know, every day you get to, to try something new and different and the next That's day it's cool. forgotten. And then, you know, the acting kept going from there, but I was always writing. And then, you know, I, I, did, a, I did a TV show that, that uh, got cancelled after 13 episodes when I moved to LA. And then I was like, look, I just need a little break from there. Um, a buddy of mine had just one project, Greenlight Australia. He was living with me because he was in Australia, in, in, in LA getting agents. And so we just sat together and I pitched him this movie idea and he responded. It seemed like the right type of movie in the zeitgeist at the time. And we wrote it together and we sold it. It sold to Joel Silver and Warner Brothers and had John Cusack in it, a movie called The Factory, which is sort of a dark psychological thriller, came out around 2008. Um, and then from there, I just, that was it. That was the transition. That was the, that was the, the point where I was like, oh, I can make a living out of this too. That's cool. I was always a bit of a control freak. So. No, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, I, it's so, actor, so much here. So much here we could, we could go on. So yeah. much to talk about. As an, as an actor, you, you know, you say a lot of other people's lines, obviously. And right. I, I, was, I was, you know, sometimes luxurious enough to be able to pitch my rewrites and get away with them. But uh, you know, you, you you have no you have no um, control over the character journey or this or that, and so I, I love the control as a writer. I love the I love that sort of cre you know that creativity of of reading books and and discover you know discovering worlds, making stuff up, really delving into your imagination, and and you know the the, the blank page doesn't scare me. I love that blank mm, canvas. It's great. It's like a it's like a painter before they do their first brush stroke. It's like, it's the sky's the limit. So anyway, so, it's you know, great. of course, selling that, selling that movie very easily, but it never happened again. You know, that was like, it was like to get a bottle. Well, Joel uh, Silver, I mean, could you have started maybe just a little lower on the ladder perhaps? Was... Well, yeah, I mean, it was pretty phenomenal. It was a, it was a, you know, he's obviously, uh, it was with Silver Entertainment. It was Dark Castle Pictures who had, you know, made some phenomenal movies in that genre and, to get someone like John Cusack and Jennifer Carpenter in the leads, it was a really, it was a, it was a dream. Um, the movie, you know, the movie did okay. It wasn't, um, I, I, I don't think it got the release it, 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 you know, because of it went through writers, it was a writer's strike hit and all that. Anyway, but yeah, mate, from there, you know, just the, the, the writing continued and I kept doing, you know, getting paid rewrites and setting stuff up and, um, to the point where you know it's been it's been an, it's been a, a really wonderful journey yeah it sounds, sounds like um it. and you know now i'm I've, I've you know got stuff that's being set up in asia and, and now in france as well and so it's it's uh, the great thing about writing is it 
the good ideas and the and the good the good stories hopefully can can sort of um, you know break through borders and 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 so cross it, over it, and and. It's it's so great, you know. I love I love I love you. I love everything you said. I mean, the blank page doesn't scare you. Holy cow! There's a there's a title for a book. By the way, I think the title of your your autobiography should be Tuna Toast and Baked Beans. I think that could be <laughs> exactly. you know my my road to Hollywood. Do you know what? That's the name of my cookbook. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, I just but 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 it's so great because you know how the heck did you leave? You know how did you start in economics and law and end up here? And and isn't it wonderful to sort of look back and and connect some of those dots? You know, and, and you well, I'll tell up... you I'll tell you one reason how I did. I am shit with oh sorry excuse my language. <laughs> I'm terrible with numbers. Right. So that's that, so funny. That. For for a guy and look, I did very. Well. I, yeah. I I had a, I've got a good short term memory, not yeah. as much now. I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a bit longer in the tooth now, but back in those days in my twenties, early twenties, I had a really good short term memory. So I could I could go into an exam after reading the massive thick, you know, two thousand page book of of boring numbers and economics, you know, surplus and demand stuff that you needed to know. And I could memorize it. I could know what, and then I could regurgitate it for the exam. I would step out, go go to the local pub, have a beer, and if someone asked me what the exam was that, I couldn't remember. I just, which is why <laughs> it's a it was gift. so terrible. It's a gift. <laughs> it's a gift. It was like I was able to. I was like a goldfish. I get the information and I just flush it out. So I think that was that helped the transition. Was like, oh, that's good. When it comes to acting, I can remember lines very easily, and then I don't. I can just get rid of it. Um, so yeah, uh, I think one of the Great. transitions to to the arts was the fact that I was such a terrible. <laughs> so so I think even, so, to the, even to this day, my wife is like, you know, when we're when we're looking at buying houses or doing this or whatever, she's like, well, how did you even control other people's money? You're right. dangerous. You're horrible. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, you're again. You know, I I see your your website. You know, economist at the top, and then the tagline is. I'm terrible with numbers. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Let's hire that guy. Yeah, yeah let's bring him on board. So, 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 tell me about Marlon Ackerman and 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 this film, Chick Fight. Uh, had so much fun watching it. A uh, lot of laugh out loud moments, and it's it's sort of a classic. Uh, I was going to say coming of age. It's not coming of age, but it's it's somebody who's down and out, kind of rebuilding, right? And, yeah, yeah. 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 Tell tell us a little bit Look about the film. And, I mean, the film, again, you know, with films like this, I think, I think they live in a space and they work well when you're not, you're doing something familiar, but you're not, you're not completely reinventing the wheel. You're just giving a unique spin on it. And so when the script came to me um, and I read it and I just immediately saw, you know, that thing that you do in Hollywood, which is pitch, oh, it's this movie meets that movie. And for me, when I read it, I just, I, I, I got to the end. I was like, wow, that's Bridesmaids meets Fight Club. I'm right. like, I love those two films. Um, and, and I'm like, how do those two films actually even live in the same space? How can we make that work? So I think, um, I think for me, I really, I love the fact that there was a familiarity. There was, we were, we're you know, it's a script and something that we're doing. And this is not, we're not shy of wearing our homages on our sleeves. We're not being really subversive. We're just going, do you know what? We know, you know, these types of movies. We know that you're, you know, there's a, there's a woman who's a bit down and out. She needs some inspiration. Where's she going to find it? 
And as the message comes in the movie, if you learn to fight um, in the ring, you know, if you learn to take that kind of pain, then you can beat the shit out of life. And nothing in the real world comes close to being a problem if you've stepped into a ring and faced down real hurt and pain. You know, if you're in mm -hmm. a ring, it's like, a, it's like the boxer's mentality. That mentality is you're stepping inside a ring, but that other person is not going to stop until you're, you're knocked out, until you literally have, have lost consciousness. That's their goal. That's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of psychological uh, stuff to face um, to to want to get in there and 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 do that sport, um, and I think that's what this you know what we want to get across in this was these are women that are facing you know real life issues and they don't have an outlet to get to get that rage out to get those frustrations out, and uh, this Fight Club, you know, is, in the movie it started by a woman who is a therapist and this is sort of a way for her patients to. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit backward thinking potentially, but maybe even progressive thinking at the same time. But these women are able to get in the ring and face something really challenging, and that's physical pain, and and competition, and uh, and yet it builds community and it and it builds uh, it it builds a a safe space for these women. Um, so well, I love I love how you, I, I love how Charlene says you know it's it's not a fight club it's it's a shelter. It's a shelter, it's, it's, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and it's, and it's, you know, and it, it is a shelter and it is, and then look, of course, there's going to be that competition and there's, because you need that in a fight club, in a fight movie, you need the rivalry, you need the, you need the woman to, the underdog to train and you need her to fight the best one. That's, that's what you want to see. But, you know, it's the way it's told and the journey and, uh, and the, the experience doing it that, that I think is, is rewarding. And I think in this, bringing that comedy with the sort of the, with the brutalness, not the brutalness, but the, yeah, the, I didn't want to do, with the fights, I didn't want to do something where, oh, it's just going to be girls getting in a ring and slapping and doing hair pulling. And it's like, no, nah, it's none of that. We're doing something really special with this. We want it to, to look like any male fight movie. It's what these women are doing. And that's what the actresses did. And that's what our stunt women did. They put themselves on the line in that ring um, to, to create, fights that are going to be entertaining not to just the you know to to all sexes you know to both sexes watching it um so yeah i think i think you know again going i don't know what the question was i tend to ramble but the, it's all good this, it's great this, this movie wearing its homages on its sleeve and and being again i just wanted this movie to be tonally consistent mm. to be funny to be to, to, for the fights to be cool and 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 gripping so by the end of the film, the audience is sitting there going, that was a good time. I'm just with a smile on their face and going, wow, I needed that diversion, especially here in 2020 where we're at. <laughs> I think we all need that, just that diversion, that lightness, that likability. I think everyone in this movie is, there's just a likability factor. That there, there, there there's is. No one, there's no one mean, even the, even the you know, Bella, the, I think, you know, it's, it shows in the trailer that she's a bit of the, meant to be the villain everyone's even likable. And I think that's what I wanted. I wanted something where there wasn't a mean bone in this film body. And I think right now, I think we all need that a bit. No, it's great. I, did you, Paul, did you ever get the sense reading the script that, you know, someday you're going to hear a story about some young woman who watched this film and went, you know what, that actually, 
you know, I had a great time watching that film, but I remember that it was at a certain time in my life, love that film, and it actually changed the course for me. Like, did you ever, I mean, as a director, as a writer, as an actor, do you ever think of that sort of bigger picture? Because I, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, earlier about storytelling and how important it is. I mean, it can change, you know, even a comedic film like this, right? It can be look, a moment. I think, I think if that happens, holy, that's incredible. That would be, that's amazing. I don't think I would set out as that being my goal. Right, I feel right. that, that would be an arrogant way for me to start right. out going, I'm making this to, so down the line, I'm going to walk down the street and someone's going to say that movie. I, that's not the place I would start from. But I, I, I definitely, when, you know, when, again, when this, when in making this movie, I knew that we could do something a little, again, it's funny, it's, it's light, it's meant to be entertaining. But there is a message. There is something empowering about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think we're not heavy handed. I always said when I was doing, when I was sort of rewriting and trying to get that, that message across, I needed to, I wanted to be concise about it and be, have the heart of it, but not hit it over the head. Because again, these types of movie can't sustain you hammering home a message right. or a point. I think if you, if you address it, you see it and you live up to it throughout the film, the message is there. Um, so look again, if that happens, if someone sees this movie and, and, and it, it makes them laugh and it inspires them. And then that's, that's, that's a, a massive bonus. You know, we set out to entertain. If it, if it influences someone's life, that's, you know, other level. Hey, uh, speaking of influencing lives, seeing Alec Baldwin doing a push-up with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth was worth the price <laughs> of admission. That was just, oh, exactly. that's, that's that fantastic. Was Obviously, yeah. that's you know, and, and Alex's not a smoker. I mean, that's that's something that he did for the for the character, and he was, you know, with that was obviously you know, as all good fight movies need, they yeah. need montages. That's right. As they say, as, as they say in a in 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 a team, uh, what is it, Team America? Um, uh, that you know, the puppet movie that the yeah the, yeah, I know the movie. Part. I don't. Yeah, there's a song. Every movie needs a every fight movie needs a montage. We, you know, we've got your montages covered in chick fight. Um, and, you know, that was one of those ones where Alex there and we're doing all these different things. And, you know, we didn't, we had a very, 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 very tight. Yeah, I read, I read that. Yeah. In Port Puerto Rico, it, right? Yeah. And it was cool, you know, and, and Puerto Rico is a beautiful backdrop, but it's not without its uh, challenges. Right. Being especially, you know, the, the natural environment. We were facing hurricanes, so not hurricanes, we were facing, at the, it's normally hurricanes there. We were facing the worst, worst earthquakes in a hundred years. So we were losing power left, right and center. It was really rough. And then, you know, when it rains, it, it, there's a couple of drops and then it's a deluge right. within seconds. And, you know, God love Alec. He's just the most professional human being. I'm so incredibly humbled and blessed to work with that man. He would, he would sit on, you know, even the Puerto Ricans would scatter, you know, the, the rain would come and they scatter, you know, the, the umbrellas would come up, they would seek shelter wherever it is, palm trees, whatever. There's Alec, sits on his little crate, umbrella comes up. <laughs> if, he's, if, if, in the, if in the scene, it was a scene where he had the cigar as a character, it just continued to puff away at that thing. Just looking out at the ocean or wherever, we, we shot all his stuff in the one location. So it was you know, uh, right by the, by, by the ocean. And so he just looked there and reflect and call his wife. And it was just, just really 
amazing to see that once he once he came onto set, he did not leave. He was there. He was available. And this is a man that is this is a man that's worked with Scorsese and Oh, it's crazy and, talk, and, right? And you know, the the stories, you know, we would we would have dinner with Alec and you know, he just he's a master storyteller. And not not because he's just like, oh, here's a story about he's just they come out so effortlessly and you're just hanging on every word and you're able to ask questions and he's just he's a really just it, the the time that he was on set was just completely joyous. I mean every there's listen. nothing about that there's nothing about that guy that you can't that hasn't been said. He's right. He's a pro and he's a he's a he's a beautiful oh, so, human so, so well that's wonderful to hear so many great performances for for sure. But yeah. everyone's sense of comedic timing in this film and it, it, I'd love to hear about that is is brilliant. I mean it's just it's on and the, you know the I don't even know what you call that that bounce bag uh, bounce back boxing bag that scene where where Alex says oh yeah she's got her you know. Uh, Chloe and Alex say, "Oh, she's got a really hard head." You know, <laughs> that that is a hilarious scene. That whole that whole training sequence is hysterical. Well, that was that was one of the things that I was I was keen to do when we was decided to shoot in Puerto Rico. It's not set in Puerto Rico. We never we never say where this movie's set. For me, when I was chatting with my DP Steve, who's, who you know did a wonderful job, like bringing the right look to this, which I wanted to be colorful and very neon and we kind of wanted to embrace that real Southern Florida vibe, you know, like that, those neons and the, the pinks and the greens and, and the bit of the heightened. Very colors. rich. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Puerto Rico really leans into that. Um, but when I, you know, the, the production designer, Mylara, she just got on the same page with me from the beginning. Cause I was like, let's do something unique. Here is a character. Alex's character is the trainer. You know, he 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 uh he basically lives in a beachside bar, you know, Jimmy Buffett style. Um, that's where he trains people from. I'm like, he doesn't want to step too far from the bar, so what's he gonna do? He's gonna right. have his training facility right outside the bar. We're in a tropical environment. What does that gym look like? I don't want barbells, I don't want you know this. I was like, I said to I said, what if we used because where we were, there's those really hard green coconuts. I'm like what if that's the speedball? What if the what if the boxing bag is made of you know like a Hessian banana bag that he fills with sand, you know, really rustic, really gritty, really just just different. Um, and so Mylara and her team really embraced that. They loved that. So they were able to build that kind of that that you know unique gym. So that, and which which again leads to comedy because you know when you're punching a coconut, they're really you know obviously it wasn't a real coconut we had right. it built. But sure, sure. It's it's they're really hard. So <laughs> when it when it bounces back and hits you in the head numerous times, you get it. And again, Marlon's Marlon's you know a drop dead genius comedic performer. So you know, she's able to bring the funny to to those. those she really is situations. And- yeah, I mean, I just, I so uh, uh, want to just give you a shout out on on being able to capture that sense of community and and rapport. You know, uh, it, it makes me wonder what was going on under the umbrellas when it was raining. Well, you I know? think I think with with Marlon, you know, Marlon is um, obviously an incredibly talented comedic and dra- dramatic performer. Um, she is. It also helps that she's one of my best friends in mm. in, in real in real life. So when I got the script in the place, I was happy with it. Um, you know, even if they're your best friends and they're very close to you, you only have one shot. These are in-demand um, people. So when I was happy with where the script was at, I went to her with it and she really responded. She's like, mm. 
okay, I think this is it. I think there's something here. Let's. And then, you know, obviously when you've got casting, when you're casting around someone like Marlon, she becomes your son, you know, now you can set some planets around her. And then we just, our planets aligned. You know, Bella, mm. Bella came on and Bella's a really interesting actress and, and, uh, and, and uh, has a different kind of following as well. And she really threw herself into the part. Then, you, you know, Alec came on once I sort of rewrote the role for him um, and to, to, you know, to get his, which is great. He was very, very hands-on in sort of molding. Again, we weren't, when we, when we got Alec, we weren't going to have him for the run of shoot. We had to shoot him out. So, you know, you know, you have to be hit the marks you need to hit. Yeah, absolutely. And to utilize that, to, to utilize him in the best way in a short amount of time. Um, and then around from there, we, you know, we get someone like a fortune themester who is just hysterical, an amazing stand-up performer and a fantastic actress. She plays there. Then, um, it's very uh, then you know, one of the, one, one started, once we start to get these more recognizable names, you know, I kept saying, I really want to discover someone for Charlene, who is Marlon's best friend in the movie. Um, I was like, I want a comedian. I want someone who obviously is funny, but I don't want to recognize someone who's too recognizable. Right. Right. I want yeah. this to be Makes that sense. role where, some, where someone says, like Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids, you know, she came out of that having sort of stolen that movie and became, you know, the star that she is. So when, um, when uh, one of the producers um, kept sort of every morning and night was getting on looking at stand-up comedians and this and that, and he showed me Dulce, who is quite, you know, um, famous as being a, a correspondent on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Mm -hmm. But have, not having watched her that much on that, he showed me some stand-up on YouTube. Especially, she was very successful in Australia, and she did the Melbourne Comedy Festival there a couple of times, and I watched the stand-up, I'm like, uh, we have she's it right she's that's it. so great how, how yeah. do how do we get her i'm like get her i just ash whatever you do get me on a phone call with with dulce eventually he you know she read the script she really responded we had a phone call and and uh it, we, we were off to the races and you know everyone was in the same film you know that was the nice thing mate like everyone these these talented performers all came together and they all were in the same movie. They all saw the same movie. No one saw it as more slapsticky than what it was. It was totally everyone lived in the same space, which is why I think it really, it, it sort of the comedy even plays better because no one's hitting a joke too hard or too right. soft or everyone's sort of playing it for real. You know, we're, we're, we're playing this for, you know, a grounded sort of comedy. Um, and the chemistry between everyone was just terrific. Chemistry's terrific. You you really do get a sense that these women are are, are friends and that they they truly do care about each other, which I think is a wonderful thing to come through in such a you know. I hope you don't mind me saying kind of a a lighter film in a sense, but, sure. but still, I 100%. think what I love about uh, films like this, Paul, is I think that the message of the film, whatever that is, whatever your intention was, I actually think gets through in a better way because you relax. Right. You're, yeah. you're just you're just enjoying yourself. You're watching the film. You're laughing out loud. And the message is, you know, that fight it out, hug it out kind of a thing, you know, exactly. it, 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 it gets hit home, I think. That's yeah. my sense anyway. And look, again, you know, no one, no one, uh, <laughs> no one uh, 
built a pool out of this movie. No one was adding an extension to their house. Everyone did this right. for, for the for the for the smell of an oily rag because right. we had to shoot it on. And so I think um, I think that that sort of sometimes that really comes across in performance because you're not going in it uh, apart from with your heart. Right. And I think um, everyone who came to play on this movie responded to the material, responded to the way I pitched them, how we were going to, you know, tell this story. And we all lived in the same space. You know, we all were in the same movie. We we're all case set with a smile on our face. It was tough. We didn't have an, barely enough days, but we were all in it together, you know? And I think, I think that shows hopefully on screen um, there was no, yeah. there was no one who kicked up a stink about the, you know, the fact that they weren't getting what they normally get. It was just everyone's like, we're just having a good time. Um, and you know, there were they, these are roles that people aren't often offering. Sure, women, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. They get to, they get to when you know the first time I loved it once, again with my production designer, my Lara and and Steve, the DP, and we designed. I wanted this Fight Club space not to be, you know, you see Fight Club the Fincher movie, which is obviously a genius film, these guys fought in a concrete basement at the bottom of some stairs. There was nothing, that was the grit of it. Yeah, and I was sure. like, well, I don't want that. I want, I want something, again, a community. I want this area of this place. I want to have couches and, you know, different types of furniture. And, and one thing I really wanted was, firstly, the cage I wanted to be unique. I wanted... I wanted it to be a cross between, I always said if an MMA cage had sex with a boxing ring, this would be the result, <laughs> this would be the baby. And so right, it became right. known as the baby cage. So we kept, you know, so my, my, um, uh, my Lara did an amazing job designing the baby cage. And then I was like, this community, if, if these women are out in real, you know, in real life and they're at a flea market and they see a lamp, that becomes something they go, oh, I'll buy that for a few dollars and I'll donate it to the fight club, you know, when I turn up on Saturday night. And so all around the space, we had these eclectic lamps and chandeliers hanging that gave it a real sense of, of difference. And um, it, it really gave it a great look. And it also instantly gave it this sort of camaraderie. That story's not told in the movie, but that was my backstory. To sure, the yeah. And they loved it. And so when those actors, when all the women stepped on and the stunt performers as well, who are so important to this movie, when they all walked into that fight club, which was, boy, we had to clean the crap out of that thing because it was a, basically an abandoned thing that I had to fight tooth and nail to let, to make sure my, to let my producers, especially my local Puerto Rican producer, she really didn't want me to shoot there. But I, I was like, this is it. I'm sorry, you have to. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm dreaming about this space. While I'm dreaming about how good it is, she's having nightmares about sure. all, the, yeah. all the stuff that's, you know, not, not kosher about it anyway so it, again i keep getting distracted when those women walked onto that set for the first time and they were like ah oh, that's when they you saw their shoulders start to roll you you, you know right. they got to choose their own tape oh that's hilarious. Yeah, that's great if you see not one not one fighter in the ring has the same colored tape everyone got to choose their tape and you know that became their you know that that became sort of part of their character, and they they they, were, they just loved. They hated being in this. We only shot there. We didn't shoot there as long as we needed. But by the end of it, everyone was like, "Peace out, Fight Club," because 
it became, you know, after after a week in that place with the smoke that we had to keep billowing. <laughs> little in oppressive, maybe? Yeah, it was everyone's like, oh, I'm a bit over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but Paul, you know, the look on their faces when they first walked in was like it was worth the price of uh, of admission. Yeah, no, for sure. I listen. I I I could chat with you all day. Seriously, it's this is fantastic. I, I'm so so glad we were able to connect. Um, I I want to um, want to respect your time and just wrap it up. But thanks again for joining us on face to face and and My pleasure. Um, yeah. And um, there's a there's a line. Um, I think it's I don't know midway through the film. I think it's an Alec Baldwin line, and he says something about very sarcastically to Anna to uh, to Mala's character that you know something about the celebration of the human spirit because you know it's it's almost like a toss yeah. away. But you know what? I mean that that's what this film was. This film is for absolutely for women interesting that a, that a man directing it by the way that i'd love to hear about that but but you know it, it's a, it's for everybody it really is well, and and it really yeah. is a celebrate it's about fighting back and then hopefully uh, you know we can hug it out well. yeah and i think with this i think with this movie what i wanted to do was was imbue it with that you know look i've i i love I, I was, you know, I grew up doing martial arts and I was always, you know, mm, there you go. You know, I love, I love and respect fighters. And I've always, um, uh, you know, my dad was mad into the boxing game or as he called it, the, you know, the sweet science. Um, <laughs> and I, and there's great. something about that, that fighting spirit, you know, like, as I've said before, when you, when someone gets in the ring and this is what I've tried to get across when Marlon meets Alec and she's trying to pitch him why she wants him as her coach. She says, I've heard that if you learn to get in the ring with someone who is trained to inflict pain on you, they are, you're standing across from someone and they literally want to damage you. If you can learn to confront that, embrace it, yeah. then there's nothing in the real world that is going to bother you. When you come home and you're going to get evicted or you can't pay your rent, that's there's nothing painful about that compared to right. standing across from stuff. So that's the kind of the message in this and the in in the movie. The, the Fight Club is started by a woman who is a therapist, and this she started it with her patients to give them an outlet, to give them a place to 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 really face something really challenging, so that life life issues seemed less. Um, important in comparison and that's what Alec is saying in that in that little bit too going isn't it you that wanted to embrace this celebration of the human spirit you know that's that's what you're saying by wanting to get in the ring it's like okay you want to feel this you want to to have this this emotion this feeling then you're gonna have to put in the work um so yeah I mean I, I, I'm glad that came across oh and it absolutely I, and I, and does. I really and I really hope uh I really hope people do embrace it as much as you and just just sit back, have a cocktail, have some popcorn, forget about COVID, forget about the American election. Thank God you're in Canada. Um, and <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, just, you know, put your feet up and, and, and have, a, have, a, have a good time. I'd say that's, that's, that's great advice, Paul. Uh, hey, man, what a... And then, get what up, a, and then get up the next day and beat the hell out of someone. That's right. That's no, right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah. No. And, don't, and don't forget to hug, though, right? Community, hug. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. that really important. Hug, 
punch it out and hug it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul, what a pleasure, man. Holy cow. Just so love chatting with you today. What a pleasure meeting you. And uh, thanks for the film. And I so love that, that, that there is this, you know, deeper, more important message there in, in, in a film that's just so much fun. So really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks for seeing it. We've been uh, chatting with uh, Paul Layden here today on Face to Face about his new film, uh, Chick Fight. Thank, thanks again, Paul. Pleasure. Thank you, David. Take care. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.